Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it's a joy and pleasure to welcome you to worship today. And as we prepare our hearts and minds, let's be reminded just of a few bits of news of events and things going on in the life of our church family. First of all, to be in touch with us uh, for prayer concerns or simply to send other messages or to send in your financial support, the appropriate email and other addresses are listed on your screen right now. Our Donut Digital Fellowship continues every Sunday morning at 10.07. We invite you to stop in for a few moments or stay for the whole time on the Zoom conversation with other friends of the church. If you'd like to know about the connection information for that, simply email Neil Pressa and he'll be happy to provide that for you. We continue to receive a special offering to defray our opening costs, and we'd encourage you to send that along with your regular giving. If you so choose, it will help out with the bottom line. We also would like for you to offer to us your photographs. We love seeing pictures of each other, and we use them occasionally in our worship service. So if you'd like to send us pictures of things going on in your life today, or perhaps from your life together as the church back in the old days when we used to gather together in normal ways, send them to hollyc at villagechurch.org, to Holly Crawford. I will begin my sermon study time that I traditionally engage in the summer in just a few days. And so if you have ideas or thoughts or questions or anything you'd like to say to me about our sermons coming up uh, for this program year that begins in September, uh, simply write to me. I'd love to hear your ideas. Finally, a word about Beirut. We are all aware, of course, of the incredible tragedy that occurred there just a few days earlier this week, and we would like to offer you an opportunity to respond not only with your prayers, but also with your financial support. The address that is listed on your screen now is for the Outreach Foundation, uh, the board of which I happen to be the chair now. And through the Outreach Foundation, we already have sent significant support to our ministry partners in Beirut. And we would encourage you, if you feel so led, to participate by going on to the website for the Outreach Foundation and conducting your giving there. A bit later this morning, I'll be talking about how it is that God can take even the disastrous things of life and turn them to our good. And that will be our prayer for Beirut and for all of Lebanon and the Middle East as we continue to give them our prayer and our support. Friends, let's be called to worship then. Let's focus our hearts and minds on the living God as we remember these ancient words of the psalmist. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Friends, let's worship God.
Prophet Joel said it this way, rend your heart and not your clothes. Our hearts are broken because of the sin in our lives. And when we come to God and we ask forgiveness, he's always ready to forgive us. I ask that you take a moment in your own hearts just to come before the Lord confessing your sins. And then please join me as we pray together the prayer of confession. Your grace, O God, has appeared for the salvation of all, calling us to renounce false God, fruitless pathways, and joyless fear. In the midst of our sin, Christ has appeared as a sign of our hope, redeeming us and calling us to be a people eager to do your will. We confess our vain self-worship and our neglect of your children. Forgive us and empower us to live upright and godly lives in the world. Make us zealous for good deeds in response to your wonderful deed in Jesus Christ. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Hear now these words of assurance. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Thanks be to God. Because we have been reconciled to one another and to God, we share the peace we have. Let us share together. May the peace of Christ be with you. I encourage you to turn to those around you, to send a text, a phone call, and to carry with you not only today, but each day, the peace of Christ. Amen.
Welcome to another kids message. This morning, we're going to continue talking about your word for this month, which is creativity. We're going to learn what it means to be creative and to honor and glorify God with our creative skills. This morning, I picked out three items for you all that made me think about what it means to be creative. Now, the first item that I have to show you is this box of washable markers. Drawing is a great way to show our creative abilities. You can draw your family, you can draw your favorite animal, whatever it is that you like to draw, markers are a great way to show our skills. Now, little Anna has only been using crayons here at home, so we're gonna see how markers go because I've caught her a few times drawing on the walls with her crayons. So wish us luck, we're gonna see how these go. Now, the second item that I have to show you is this little box of Play-Doh. You can see in here that this is glitter Play-Doh. So uh, you can imagine that little Anna absolutely loves to play with this. You can smush it, you can create your own little patterns, you can create sculptures, whatever it is that you would like to create with Play-Doh. This is another great way to kind of get our creative brain thinking. 
Okay, the third item that I have to show you all is this little keyboard that we have at home. Little Anna loves to play with this. She presses all the keys down here and these little buttons on the top play music songs and she dances with this and has a lot of fun. Music is a great way to show our creative abilities and you'll see here on our Sunday services, there are a lot of people who are using their singing talents and their musical talents to show God how much they love him. Through worship, we get to express to God that we appreciate everything he's given us and that we're just so thankful for his love and that he has saved us. Now, these three ways are not the only ways to be creative. So be thinking about that as you walk through your week. How am I going to use my creative skills to honor and glorify God? You each are unique and special and God wants you to know that and that he wants to see you use your creative abilities. If you haven't already checked out your videos for this morning, please be sure to go onto our YouTube or onto our Facebook group. Miss Carol and Miss Susan have created a video for you all for the K through fifth grades, and Miss Mary and Yaya have created videos for the nursery and pre-K grades. We miss seeing all of you, and remember, we're praying for you and your families. Now use this week to get creative. Bye, you guys. This is the time in our worship service where we present our prayers of thanksgiving for the many ways that the Lord has blessed us. And at the same time to offer our prayers of petition and intercession for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our communities, our nation and the world, and for the church's witness in every place. I'll offer words on our behalf and then I'll invite all of us to pray the words that Jesus Christ taught his disciples. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you are wonderful in your love for us. We give you praise and thanks that no matter where we are, no matter what time of day, we can turn to you. So in this time of our community worship, we pray to you for you alone are our sure and certain foundation, the calm in the midst of the storm. We do pray for members of our congregation that are in special need, for those who are sick, for those who have lost loved ones, for those who are needing your wisdom for decisions to be made, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for all those in positions of authority from the local to the national. Grant wisdom, grant humility, grant to each and all a sense of the high calling of responsibility and trust to serve the common good. We pray for churches here and around the world who offer a vital witness of the gospel. Lord, as we all long to be together face to face, as we all desire to fellowship with one another in one physical space, encourage and inspire us through the unity we share in you and in the one faith, shared hope and common love we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for mission partners like Interfaith Community Services and all the ways they serve people without houses, those who go hungry, those who are often forgotten by society. We pray for the people of Beirut, Lebanon in the aftermath of the explosion. Comfort the loved ones of so many who were killed. Bring healing to the many who are injured. Strengthen rescue workers, medical personnel, and hospitals who are overwhelmed. Come to the aid of that country and of that devastated city. Infuse this desperate situation with your strength and hope in the midst of the rubble. Help us to be in the work of Jesus and loving our neighbors and in seeking justice in every area of life. Strengthen those who feel alone or who are alone. 
encourage families and students of all grade levels, for parents or a single parent who is trying to figure out how to balance work with childcare in the challenges of schools and colleges that may not open. Give patience and resilience to students as they adjust, as difficult as it is to learn in a new way, and for those whose activities and sports are disrupted. Protect at-risk populations, particularly older adults. Shield frontline, frontline workers, health professionals as they serve the common good. Provide, Lord, for all those who are in great financial distress, whose jobs are gone or threatened, who are waiting for their unemployment checks or for their loans to be approved, or who wonder how to pay their rent or mortgage. Come to us, Lord, in a way that only you can, for you know the deep despair and grief we hold and sometimes hide from others. In every part of our lives, fill us with your word and life-giving spirit. Through the sermon, through our prayers and praises, speak to our hearts and into the world your good news. Lord, as we respond in praying the prayer which Jesus Christ taught his disciples, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. O Lord, we pray that your light would pour over these pages and illumine these old, old works, that they would dance with newness in our hearts and minds, that we would be radiant in reflecting your word in our living and serving one another. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. That day of Stephen's stoning, a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house. Dragging off both men and women, he committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went from place to place, proclaiming the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds, with one accord, listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shear, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? about himself or about someone else. Then Philip began to speak and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop and both of them, Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea, the word of the Lord. There is a saying in the world of golf, with which I am all too familiar. 
I learned it more than 20 years ago when I took up the game, and it is a regular part of the vocabulary that my playing partners use when we're playing golf even today. Usually it is used to refer to what is happening in my game that day. The saying goes like this, the wheels are coming off. Now, you might not play golf, that's okay, God still loves you. You might not play golf, but let me explain that saying, or, or do I really have to? When your game is going well and then all of a sudden it's not, what your playing partners say to you, well, Jack, the wheels are coming off, aren't they? What they mean is that things are falling apart. They're not going well. And that's not just part of golf, of course. That's part of life. That's actually where we are now in the story of what happened with Jesus' first followers after he had ascended and gone into heaven. Think about the trajectory of the story for a moment. Jesus is born, Jesus lives, Jesus ministers, then he encounters incredible opposition that leads to his arrest, his trial, his torture, his execution on the cross. But then Jesus comes back from a low point to a high point. He comes back and appears to the church and shares the gift of the Holy Spirit, but then he goes away. Jesus goes away, but still Jesus and the power of the Spirit is the expression of the triune God comes to the church, and the church is riding high for a while. They're happy. They're full of energy. They're full of power. More and more people are coming to believe in Jesus. The disciples, the originals, and then all the others who come alongside are finding a new way to live, sharing life with each other, sharing their goods with each other, experiencing the power and joy of healing in their souls and their bodies and their whole society. Everything is going well, and then all of a sudden, Stephen. Stephen is challenged for his beliefs, and in the power of the Spirit, he stands up with conviction and continues to preach the message about the gift of the Messiah. And as we heard last week, Stephen is also tried and condemned, and then immediately executed by an angry mob who throw rocks that beat him to death. Now what? Now what? What happens? Jesus has come and gone. The church has done well, but now what? Well, here's what. The book of Acts says, that day a severe persecution began against the church. Not just against Stephen himself or an isolated few but against the church. You know, when you and I are reading scripture, it's so easy just to keep reading past those kinds of images and thoughts and words, those kinds of statements that come, a severe persecution hit the church. Okay, well, what else happened? But wait a minute, let's, let's linger, let's dwell with that for a moment. 
Stephen is surrounded by people, maybe some friends we don't know, at least people who are sympathetic to him. They take his bloody, beaten body and they bury it. The language of the NRSV says they, there was loud lamentation. What does that mean? It means they were bawling their eyes out, folks, because they were heartbroken. They were defeated. Can you relate to that? We're told that Saul begins to attack Christians. Now, later on in the story, we know that Saul becomes Paul, but, but wait just a minute. Let's look at Saul for a minute. He's ravaging and dragging off men and women. He's entering their houses. We don't like to think about these things, but, but that calls up so many images from history, images of brown-shirted thugs breaking into people's houses and taking them off to the gas chambers, perhaps. Imagine, as you're watching right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, imagine someone breaking in the door of your home and walking in and th throwing your children to the side and then dragging you off and putting the cuffs on and taking you to prison from which you may never return. Christians started scattering. Think about this. We have a fire going on right now in California, yet another wildfire. People are evacuating. We who live here have some experience of what an evacuation means, don't we? Pack up whatever few belongings you can in your SUV and head off to a safe place. Maybe you go up to Orange County if the fire's down here. Maybe if the fire's in Orange County, you come down here. For the Christians in Jerusalem, it meant calling up Aunt Nell in Nashville or Cousin Tim in Topeka. And you drive off. Maybe you're never going to come home again. Maybe you don't have an Aunt Nell or a Cousin Tim to call. And you simply go away, not really knowing what's going to happen. Life is falling apart for these first Christians. How many ways can you think of to say that, that life is falling apart? We have so many expressions, we can't begin to list them all. We say that life can come apart at the seams. Things go from bad to worse, out of the frying pan, into the fire, to hell in a handbasket. You know what I think we should do? Let's, let's do this. Why don't you hit pause on the video for just a few moments, go get some more coffee, maybe a little notepad, finish up that list. Think of at least half a dozen more ways that you can say everything is falling apart. But then after you're finished with the list, please come back. There's more we need to talk about. I'll wait. I see that you're back. Great. Wonderful. Let's keep talking. In life, bad things happen. Things like pandemics, things like people getting fired from their jobs or having to fire other people from their jobs. Things like canceling your plans. Things like being told you have to stay home with, well, you fill in the blanks. Bad things happen like 
losing someone that you knew way back when, or maybe someone that you've shared life with for the last 50 years. It's not the only bad thing that happens. You can also write another list, if you'd like to, of all the different stresses and strains and conundrums that come into your life. Turn on the TV. You'll get a wonderful list of things to talk about. Bad things happen that force us to confront the reality of life. Bad things like innocent people being killed. Bad things like innocent children dying of starvation. Bad things like systemic evil that's in all of our society, that's always been there, but we hope will not always be. What do we do with the bad things that happen in life? Well, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not say, oh, bad things happen. Let's just keep on going. Let's not put on our rose-colored glasses. Let's not deny it. There is real pain. There's real misery and suffering and sorrow in this world, in our world. God knows that. If you think he doesn't, just ask Jesus as he's hanging from the cross. Bad things have happened. Bad things will happen. Bad things are happening, but, but God, but God is bigger, but God is bigger than bad things. God is bigger than all the bad things. Acts 8 verse 4 says, now those who were scattered went from place to place. They didn't go just to Nashville and Topeka, but they went to Samaria and Cyprus and Antioch and Corinth and Rome. And what did they do when they went? They proclaimed the word. When you read the history of the church at any point in its history, and also at the first point of its history, you read that the persecution of the church precipitated the propagation of the news about Jesus into the whole world. The good news spread like wildfire because of the real fire that had happened in Jerusalem. Yes, something really and totally and terribly awful happened, but it led to something really and totally and terrifically magnificent, and it's still going on today. We see one personal story that Luke shares with us in Acts. Luke tells us about Philip. Philip left Jerusalem, he went to Samaria, and then he went on toward Gaza. As he went, he preached about Jesus, he taught about Jesus, he shared the love and healing and forgiveness of Jesus, and on the way down to Gaza, he encountered an Ethiopian eunuch. An Ethiopian eunuch. Who was this guy? We're told he was a court official. He was the secretary of the treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. This was no minor personage. 
He was probably rich himself. Certainly he was important. Certainly he was powerful. He had come to worship in Jerusalem. He was a man of some kind of faith that's not explained in great deal to us. He was a black-skinned man. So what? Philip shared with him about Jesus. History and legend tells us this was the introduction of the gospel into the huge continent of Africa, a place where the church is growing rapidly today. The Ethiopian believed and he was baptized because Philip had to leave Jerusalem. God's plan to redeem and renew and to save the whole world was on its way. It was launched, maybe not like the disciples had planned, almost certainly not. Not when they had planned it, not how they had planned it, but, but it happened. Maybe in ways that would maybe never have happened had it not been for the persecution of the church. I have three crosses on the wall behind me today. One, one is from Central America, reminding me of the churches, the Christians that I've personally had the privilege of visiting with there. Christians who suffer their own form of persecution and suffering. Another one is decorated in ancient themes of the American Southwest, a place that used to be the frontier a place where the church came and shared the gospel. Another one is from Syria. You know my love for Syria. These three crosses out of dozens of others that I could have put on the wall for today, they represent for me the worldwide church of which you and I are a tiny little part. The worldwide church that exists in no small way because of the persecution of the first church in Jerusalem. The implosion of life for those first Christians in Jerusalem led to the explosion of the gospel everywhere else. And that growth continues today. And so when bad things happen, you and I learn to ask, what else is going on? Bad things are not the only story. Bad news is not the only thing that should be in the headlines, even though it seems to be. What people who learn from the history of those who follow Jesus is that we have lots of lessons to learn when bad things are going on. We learn, for instance, where things are weak and they need to be strengthened. We learn where there are weaknesses in our government, weaknesses in our healthcare systems, weaknesses in our businesses, weaknesses in our own households, weaknesses in our relationships. Stress and trouble reveals weakness. We learn what things are important, truly important, and what things are not. 
We learn our own personal strengths and weaknesses, do we not? And that's where it really begins to hurt. We learn how impatient we can become. We learn how spoiled we are. We learn how quick we are to blame others or to move into depression or fear or anger or hopelessness. We learn things about ourselves when bad things happen that we rarely learn when everything's going well. We also learn new things. We learn to improvise, to create, to develop, to move forward. We create new vaccines. We create new alliances and relationships. Maybe we even meet our next-door neighbors and discover that there's someone just a few feet away with whom we enjoy sharing life. Human history and your history is full of stories about what good things can come about because of the experience of bad things. Of course, I cannot complete the list. Look back at your history. Look back at the history of your family, of your friends, at the history of the world, and you'll see time and time again, not just the terrible things, but the good things that have resulted. Friends, for, for right now, in these few moments that we have together, let's focus on this much that we know is true. Let's start with Jesus. Not a bad place to end either. Jesus took the bad things of life in general and his own life, and he turned them into good things. The Jesus who was shamed and disgraced and conviction, convicted and, and tortured and executed, executed naked in front of the whole world, that Jesus is now the single most revered person in all of human history. We follow Jesus. The same Jesus who said we can do the same as he did. And so we take whatever disastrous, evil, terrible things happen in our own lives when the wheels are falling off and we look to God and say, God, what good is going to come of this? Friends, let me encourage you to stick around a few more minutes after I finish this message and listen to two wonderful songs that are going to be performed for us. The words are going to be on the screen. They're magnificent prayers. One of the songs is a new one that I've just heard about and learned. One of them is a very old one that's one of my very favorites. They're really just prayers in music that I think you can pray right now as they're being sung for us. They're, they're songs that will fill your soul with this truth that is spoken of from that time in the church's history where in the midst of a topsy-turvy world of, of terrible things going on, unexpected things going on, truly bad things going on, still God was at work. God is the one who turns nothing into something, who turns hatred into love, who turns death into life. Look for it. 
wait for it, work for it, trust it, and be a part of it. Amen. To hide from the light We made friends with the night We were headed the wrong way On the runway track Going nowhere fast We got used to the dark We thought this is who we are And we figured that we were just too far gone But we were wrong Cause love came running like a river And we got washed in the water Many said before Sisters and brothers in Christ, we have just heard and received God's word read and proclaimed. Let us respond through our affirmation of faith. In one voice and one heart, let us affirm together. This is the good news which we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved, if we hold it fast, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared first to the women, then to Peter, and to the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Jesus Christ is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our Lord and our God. Amen.
Life was different a few months ago, wasn't it? But that was then. This is now. In Acts 8, 8, after Philip ministers in Samaria, we are told that there was great joy in that city. That can happen. That does happen when people follow Jesus. Great joy can follow great suffering, not only our own joy, but sharing joy with others. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to each other. And then you'll have that joy and you'll be able to say with utter confidence that it's well with my soul. Amen.